Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. What the hell's going on out Welcome to the latest installment of the Run to Daylight podcast, Tuesdays with Tasso. I'm Todd Burrows. I'll be joined in a moment by Nick Tasso, the inefficient two on Twitter, um, discussing some of the key points on the NFL week two, takeaways, things of that nature. Nick and I are committed to doing this pod every Tuesday that we can and we're refining our process. We're going to focus instead of what you get in a lot of pods, which is, you know, going over the whole game or just kind of, you know, doing waiver wire stuff. What we're going to do is we're going to look at the games. We're going to talk about the teams, some of the key points from the games and how they might affect the fantasy and who the teams play next week. And we're going to kind of, try and do a little bit more bullet points this week we were way too long last week so looking forward to it hopefully you guys enjoy it um this podcast is hosted by daily roto sharks daily roto sharks a lot of young bright minds they have sheets that you can buy that have a lot of information for people who don't have a lot of time to gather all the information uh, Daily Roto Sharks is a great, reasonable source for of information, and they're building a great website over there. So go check it out. You'll find our podcast there as well. And now it's my pleasure to introduce Nick. Nick, how you doing today? I'm good. How about yourself? I am uh, awake, which you know, at my age, you know, 53 years old, there's no guarantee that I'm going to be awake at nine o'clock every night. So um, it's good to good to join you. I'm looking forward to the games, um, and basically, what we're going to do is we're going to take turns asking each other questions about half the games, and then we'll have counterpoint, and we'll move on to the next game. We're going to start with Nick's favorite game of the week. No, just kidding. Um, The Steelers 24, the Bengals 16. The Steelers pull this one out. They get the Eagles next week in Philadelphia, and the Bengals fall to 1-1 versus the Broncos next week. So I don't know that it's going to get any better. 
Antonio Brown had a, pr- a pretty poor week with just four catches. He was targeted 11 times, though. <clears throat> He's had trouble, though, against Cincinnati last year. Do you think this is a curse of Cincinnati, Nick, or do you think that um, it's something that needs to be worried about, or is he back to his number one receiver status for the Eagles next week? No, absolutely. The 11 times that he's targeted definitely shows that uh, that he still is number one for uh, Ben Roethlisberger, so I really don't see any issues here. Uh, like you said, he's been poor against the Bengals in the past, uh, which makes me think that they just really focus on him and let Roethlisberger beat him the other way. Uh, as for the Eagles, I know they're a decent defense, but I still think uh, Antonio Brown's going to get his own. You look at last season, and he was just one of the most consistent guys out there. Um, so I really have no issues here uh, playing him this upcoming week. Sammy Coates had a few good catches this week, and he seems to be turning the corner a little bit. Eli Rogers, man, the slot, didn't really do all that much. Wheaton's going to come back soon. Do you think that Sammy Coates is going to go back to being the number four, or do you think that he's starting to cement himself in the rotation the way he's played? Uh, I personally think he he goes back to number four. Um, He was really only targeted five times, and you look at Roethlisberger, he really passed it around to basically everyone. Uh, so you look at him and he's probably Roethlisberger is going to be just going with a hot hand each uh, week in and week out outside of Antonio Brown. So he's not really a reliable guy in my book. Yeah, I, I tend to agree that at least at this point, he is proving to be a reasonably good uh, situational deep threat. And I expect him to continue in that role once he, uh, once Wheaton gets back. But I do think uh, if he can continue to be someone they can trust and play well, the door is certainly open for him getting more time. As for the Bengals, they ran the ball just 18 times and threw the ball 54 times. Do you see that as a serious trend, Nick? Or do you think that uh, it was just uh, the way the game worked out? And do you think that anything will change against the Broncos? Well, last season, if you looked at it, uh, Hill and Bernard really shared uh, the runs, and then it was just uh, Bernard who really took off at one point during the season, and then it went back to Hill. So I think it's still kind of up in the air what's going to go on with the running game. I think the 18 times, um, only 16 for those two guys combined, uh, I think that was more of just the game and them sort of trying to play a catch-up and just trying to match it with the Steelers. So. I don't think from here on out um, that's something to be concerned about. I think it's a little bit too early to figure out which guy is going to really uh, be the number one guy in the running game. Um, And I think it's just a wait-and-see approach right now uh, up against the Broncos next week. There's really no uh, reason to play them. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think, again, you know, last year the way it worked was pretty much it was hard to tell sometimes who, if whether it was going to be a Bernard week or a Hill week. It really depended on how well the Bengals played in the first half. So um, it's, you know, I like both of them for best ball, but for redraft, I I think it's very tough to trust Hill or Bernard on a one-week basis. How tough do you think, though, it'll be for Andy Dalton to go against that amazing uh, Broncos defense? Yeah, we saw what Luck did last week, and it wasn't 
too good. So I don't really have uh, much hope with Andy Dalton. I will say that I think he will look more towards AJ Green and kind of get him more involved. So I think there's a little bit to like here, but I'm not a huge, huge fan of uh, him against uh, this Broncos team. So I think that basically does it for this game. And now we're on to the Thursday night because we like to go out of order here. So that game was the Jets and the Bills and a little bit high scoring. Um, And basically you look at uh, Matt Forte, he got uh, all the uh, touches in this game and there really wasn't much time for the split uh, between him and Powell. So that was definitely something to keep an eye on from here on out. Uh, Rex Ryan. Yep. I think that, uh, I think that basically what happened there is, you know, there was a lot of talk in the off season about a split. It's obviously not. And if you've got Matt Forte right now, um, like I don't in redraft, but I started out having a lot of them and got talked off them. Um, those who kept the faith and got Forte in the fourth round right now are sitting pretty. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with you there. Um, one note I wanted to say, this is a pretty high-scoring game, don't you think, uh, when you look at these two defenses? Yeah, it was it was quite surprising the way the game went. I did a, um, you know, the, 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 the play a lot of the Thursday night slate on FanDuel and faded everyone on this game, and this time it didn't work out. Overall, it's a good strategy. But um, in this case, it didn't work out. Yeah. One thing, did you think this is just because it was the Thursday game and they didn't have enough time to prep? Or was it something that we should be concerned about? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think what ended up happening is there were a couple big plays. Uh, Revis got beat deep. And, you know, um, first of all, I just don't think the Bills' defense is what we thought it would be. Um, they've been just awful so far. Yeah, absolutely. So how many games do you think it will be till Rex gets fired? Um, well, I, I, I think what's really interesting is that, you know, Rex and brings in his brother. You see his brother calling plays. And uh, even though the Bills' defense wasn't great last year, it was much better than what we've seen so far. And rather than firing his twin – they, they fire the coach of the offense. The offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, gets fired. And I think that they made him fire him, but that really Roman wasn't the problem last week. So I think that, to, to answer your question, they've got a very tough game this week against the Cardinals. If they lose this, I think you're going to have the villagers out with the pitchforks and the torches. And, you know, at that point, it's going to be hard. Uh, It'll be a matter of time unless Rex can turn it around. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, When you score 31 points, it makes no sense to fire your offensive coordinator. But what do I know, right? I'm not a coach or a manager, so I'm staying out of that one. Um, What are your thoughts on – Tyrod uh, Taylor here. Uh, do you think you might want to claim him off waivers or uh, you're staying away from him? Well, you know, they've already come out and said that they want to throw the ball more. Um, you know, Watkins, and you see that they've got, you know, he's got a good arm deep, and he's still got the ability to run even though he hasn't. 
I found him on waivers in one league, but I got really good quarterbacks there. But if you're out there in a league right now and Tyrod Taylor is somehow on waivers, I think with that defense, they could, he could really, really turn it up as we move forward here. No, absolutely. I agree with you there. Now, talking about the Jets here, um, how do you think they'll try to attack the Chiefs in this upcoming game? Well, you know, the Jets get uh, – they're playing in Kansas City, and I, I anticipate them continuing to do what they do. It's just a matter of how effective will they be. The chief defense was definitely better this week than it was against the Chargers week one. So I don't necessarily think that this is going to be a game that I'm going to target too much from a DFS perspective as it relates to um, either side. You know, I in my initial list, I think Macklin I'm still looking at. But there's so many good uh, cheap tight end options this week. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of fantasy goodness in this game. No, absolutely not. I know the wide receivers in New York really got a lot of play recently, but I don't know, I'm kind of staying off. Of the Chiefs defense looked a lot better, so I'm kind of in a wait-in-the-see approach for them. Um, and then on to the Bills. Do you think that there is a chance they can beat the Cardinals? Because I personally don't think they have any chance. That That's a really tough matchup. Now, the the one thing that's in their favor, Nick, I think, is that the game is being played in Buffalo. And, um, you know, I want to go real quickly here and see if I can log into the handy-dandy website that you um, do a lot of work on for the NBA, Rotoviz. Let's look at the game splits app real quick and just – kind of take a look at what Carson Palmer's splits look like over the last two years, home and away. So 2015-16, I'm going to back up just a bit. I think this is an... Oh, boy. I... uh... (laughs) I uh, I didn't set up the episode to be long enough. Um, I, no, I apologize okay. to anyone who's following live. We're going to continue to do the show, um, and you'll be able to check with it um, on the, the the feed. But I put this together last minute, and I didn't I didn't put it in for a long enough time. So uh, apologies there, folks. You'll be able to pick this up later. But we're going to continue, and I'm going to just punch in. Uh, Away, you only got fifty and seconds left. No, it, we we can keep doing the show. It, it'll still record. It'll still record the show. Uh, it just won't be live. Um, and I'll end the show when we're done. So let's see. Let's see if it does that. All right. So in split, which is home, is on. In split is on the road. Ah, it's pretty similar. So yeah, I think uh, I think uh, that uh, the Bills are going to have a tough time this week. So we're going to continue to move on, and we're going to go to the next game, which is the the Ravens at the Browns. Um, and the Ravens defeated the Browns twenty-five to twenty. The Ravens get the Jaguars zero and two next week. And the Browns get the Dolphins. Another Browns injury at quarterback, Nick. Um, now they're going to Cody Kessler. 
do you, do you think that this completely takes the Browns wide receivers off the um, the radar for fantasy? Uh, for me, it's kind of a wait-and-see approach, but this upcoming week, week is kind of a wash with uh, them facing the Dolphins. I know the Dolphins are 0-2, gave up a ton of points to the Patriots this past week, but I still think with the QE that the Browns are going to throw out, the Dolphins are going to kind of have their way in this game, and I, I think for this game, you kind of just have to avoid it. Yep. I, I can't really disagree with that. I'm not on them at all. Um, although, you know, the, the, Coleman, a lot of people thought he was a dog after one game, and he, he had two touchdowns, and he could have won some people GPPs. Um, I only threw him in one lineup, but I think that he's the type of guy that, you know, that high-variance guy that you want, might want to throw. You know, if you've got a core of players, I think Corey Coleman, more than prior to me, is the guy you want to stick in as that high-leverage play, um, hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. But I'm, I'm not without uh, McCown or RG3, a quarterback, not for me yet, uh, this week. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, the whole thing to me, though, is because I'm in a wait-and-a-see approach, but in three weeks you get uh, Josh Brown back or Josh Gordon back. So I, I, I don't know how much value he will have this upcoming week against the Dolphins and, uh, and then the following week. So I don't know. I'm not sure if it's really worth it. Yep. So, um, All right, so uh, I guess Crowell has been playing really well, and uh, while the the running backs, I mean, while the wide receivers might not be good for fantasy right now, uh, what do you think about Crowell? Yeah, I think he uh, can kind of do okay, even though going up against the Dolphins um, with an inexperienced QB, uh, I, I think they're really going to need to rely on him right now especially in this game. So I think it's going to be really uh, heavy running for uh, Cruel, And he only got 18 carries. I think it's going to go up a little bit more this uh, upcoming week. I just, if they get down a lot, I think they might be throwing the ball a lot against this Dolphins. So that is a little uh, hesitation for me. But I still think he's a solid play this week. Yeah, his salary is pretty good on DraftKings. I haven't looked on FanDuel yet. But he's definitely in my first round of players that I'm looking at in the running back position. The Ravens threw the ball 45 times, and Flacco looked okay, completing just 25 passes. Was this a lot to do with them being down 20-2 to two after the first quarter, or just a new thing with this offense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at uh, Flacco, he's just thrown the ball a lot the first two weeks. Um, and he really hasn't done it for a lot of success. But at the same time, their running backs, uh, both of them, really haven't done much. So, I don't know. I think they've really turned the new offense coordinator turned into a, a pass-first offense. And against the Jaguars, teams have been able to put up tons of points. So, I definitely have uh, no issues with the Ravens here. Yep. And, the you know, back from the dead, so to speak, Dennis Pitta, you know, back-to-back years with hip injuries. He was completely off everyone's radar. And in this year, I picked him up in a dynasty league. 
a dynasty best ball league in the 20th round. I love plays like that where you can get the guy, and even if it's a 10% chance that he goes back to being the player that he was, um, I love, you know, in those late rounds taking those types of chances. Now Dennis Pitta, everyone's scrambling on waivers to get him. But the, the core issue of his hip and how healthy he's going to be able to stay, are, how confident are you in Dennis Pitta or, you know, and how much of your waiver wire money would you spend to get a guy with that kind of history? Um, I probably wouldn't spend too much just because, like you said, there's a lot of risk there. But at the same time, you look at this offensive uh, wide receivers that uh, Flacco has to throw to. Steve Smith's another year, year older, and he, although he still can get it, he still has a lot of issues. And the only other guy that I could really trust would be uh, Mike Wallace. So there's really not too many options right now um, for Flacco. And if you need a tight end, you might as well go for him. Well, they were roommates. They are roommates. They're they're the best friends. Uh, He really trusts him. He looks for him. And my feeling is, you know, depending on how much you need a tight end, pick him up and use him. You know, I wouldn't use all my my waiver wire money on him. But, if you know, I'd put in a reasonable reasonable bid, but it looks like he's going to be getting the targets. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. On to the next game, Todd. We have the Titans. They won in a very close game, 16 to 15. You really don't see that too often. One uh, point game, 16 to 15. So that was pretty impressive. They came back in the fourth quarter. Um, basically, Mariota was uh, one of the lowest ranked quarterbacks so far. Uh, do you happen to see that turning around at all? Well, I'm not going to jump to any conclusions after two weeks, um, but. He's been turnover prone so far, and he hasn't really played so well, and the numbers have have not been good. Um, so um, um, uh, do I think that he can turn it around? I do. I think it was a good sign that they um, got Delaney Walker, the return of Delaney Walker. They got him going this week. I had him in a lot of leagues. He was not under the radar, but he was a, a good bounce-back candidate last week. And, you know, I I just think that they're trying to find their identity on offense. Um, Yeah, so that's, you know, that's about it on uh, Mariota. I I think it's too early to throw in the towel, um, but hopefully he starts making progress soon. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to take a little while for this team to uh, gel offensively now that they got to Marco Murray there. Um, Speaking of Marco Murray, he had 12 carries and Henry had nine. So what are your thoughts on um, that split right there with the uh, running backs? It's interesting, isn't it? You know, they've got two backs. They want to use them both. If you look at the snap counts, it was either even closer than percentage-wise than 12 to 9. And it, that's, you know, something that if you drafted DeMarco Murray in the fifth round, you, you don't want to see. But if you, if you drafted Derrick Henry in the ninth or tenth round, um, it, it's, you know, it, it gives you an option if you, if you head to bye weeks where you could play him and, and, and feel pretty comfortable that you have some kind of floor. But it looks like a, a, they might be heading to a full running back by committee, but we'll see. Uh, I want to go back and look at that game again and kind of see when each guy was playing. Yeah, absolutely. To me, um, two years ago, DeMarco Murray was the number one guy, and 
now in Tennessee last year with the Eagles, they, he really hasn't been the featured back. He's always had someone uh, ready to steal his snap. So I'm a little concerned there for him. But to be honest, if they give him the ball, he still shows, especially last week, that uh, he was really good when he had the ball. Uh, on to yeah, the I, Lions. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, think, I, I just think that one last point here is I think Henry getting the time is more about how good Henry is than um, anything where Murray hasn't been effective. Yep, I can agree with you there. Um, so on to the Lions, staying with running backs here. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, Amir Abdullah injury, and uh, who do you think gets basically all the rushes, and who could benefit in the passing game as well? Because Abdullah also saw a little time in the passing game. Well, I think the first inclination that everyone's going to have is that Theo Riddick is going to get a ton more work. And I don't know that that's necessarily the case. It definitely bumps him up. And at his salary this week in uh, DFS, I expect him to be very high-owned. And I'm going to have to decide, based on how the week goes along, whether I, you know, whether I want to be even weight, overweight, or underweight on him. I love him this week, you know, against the Raiders. I like him almost every week based on the fact that his salary is pretty good. Uh, so it's going to be interesting as the week goes on to kind of get a sense of what everyone is going to do with their ownership on him. And I'm not sleeping on Washington. Uh, they had Joyke Bell in. To, to look at today. I haven't heard that he was signed as of this writing, uh, but I think Washington looked really good so far, and he could be a real sneaky play. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, in terms of Riddick, for me, it's just going to be basically is his ownership going to really outweigh the cost of salary for me. Um, if I need to use him to really fit in a lot of good guys into my lineup because the salary is so low, I may forego the uh, all the ownership that he most likely will have this weekend. Um, and now, what is your thoughts, as we seem to always talk about the Raiders and historically bad against tight ends, what are your thoughts about uh, the aforementioned Delaney Walker? Well, I, I think that they're not quite as bad as they were, but they're bad enough to where I'm going to have some Walker shares this week. And I'll probably stack him with Mariota in a in a lineup or two as well. Um, not a hundred percent on that at this early part of the week, but it's something that I'm thinking about. Um, it's just as you go through the the list of really cheap tight ends this week, there's just so many options. So I think that it's just going to be one of those cases where, you know. You're going to have a lot of good choices. Uh, Walford is 2,800. Jared Cook in a very plus matchup is 2,900. Kyle Rudolph, 31. Pitta, 34. Uh, James, 35. Ebron, 37. So there's a lot of good cheap options. Uh, I I think that definitely Walker, though, is uh, someone I'm going to look at. On to the next game. It was the Cowboys 27, the Redskins 23. Um, Dak was the chalk week one, and he didn't have a ton of ownership in week two. 
he looked much better to me. Did you get a chance to put eyes on him, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, badmouthed him the first uh, week, last week. I saw a little report about uh, what he does um, outside the game for his uh, belated mother and uh, her, his late mother, not belated. It's not a birthday. Um, and it was very touching. So that combined with how well he played, um, I'm kind of back on the Dak train right now. And you kind of put him against this Bears defense. And I, I think he's going to do okay. So I don't really mind him here. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, look good. Um, and do you think he will see a change in snaps this week? You know, I've watched both games, and I'm just not seeing the explosion I expected out of Elliott. And that's what I remember seeing of him in college. And so, again, I'm not off him yet, but I do think Alfred Morris is a real danger to his snaps going forward unless he starts playing a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you there. I watched uh, pretty much all of week one's game against the Giants, and Morris, to me, was just so underutilized. And I know he only had five carries, only had seven yards. It wasn't too great, had a touchdown. But I think if they can kind of throw him in there um, and take some of the uh, weight off of Elliott's back, I, I think he could definitely uh, contribute here. But at this point, I don't really see a, a big change in the uh, snap counts for each one, considering it was 21 to 5. Well, and I think that has more to Jerry Jones being stubborn than it does with common sense. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on the Redskins and uh, Kirk Cousins going forward? Well, he's looked really bad so far. And I wonder, you know, I think a lot of people are asking if last year was a mirage or if, you know, He's gonna. He's just had a couple bad weeks. Um, I think the jury's out. I think there were a lot of people who thought he was gonna be huge this year, and then there were other people who had, you know, questions. He certainly has the tools to be successful. No, absolutely, I agree with you there. I, I personally think uh, his time might be over. He looked really good, like he said last year, but. I don't know. I'm still a little concerned. I think the Giants defense is still pretty tough, so he might have some issues here. Uh, but speaking about this Giants defense, I was doing uh, some research last week for that big Giants and uh, Saints game, looking into the tight ends. And it was actually funny, even though the uh, Saints give up so much to uh, tight ends, so do the Giants. So I definitely think uh, Reed is in play here. Uh, do you, Are you concerned about his price tag, though? considering he's so uh, expensive. Well, you know, I mentioned all the great cheap options, and I think that, you know, running back on DraftKings, there's also a lot of good cheap options. So I think from a kind of, you know, pay-up-to-be-contrarian way, I think definitely I'm going to have some read lineups. I really do think the giant safeties and linebackers are crap. I think the only reason that it wasn't exploited last week was because of uh, how bad Fleener was. Yeah, and that was your boy, right? Uh, I had about 13 to 14% on him. Yeah. All righty, so uh, let's look at so it. Uh, 
yep, we'll go back and uh, we're going to go look at the 49ers and the Seahawks. So the 49ers got blown out 46 to 27, and they get the Panthers, even with their blowout win in week one. Did anyone really expect the 49ers to beat the Panthers? No, not at all. I mean, uh, 49ers look good, but it was against the Rams, and the Rams didn't really show much. So I think it was an uh, obvious thing here that the Panthers were really going to come out and uh, destroy the 49ers, which they did. Yep. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, still being Blaine Gabbert, I mean, I watched the game. He made some decent throws early and was playing in the offense. He showed me some signs that um, he could you know, improve, but then all I read about was how bad he played in the media. Carlos Hyde looked bl- bad as well. Any fantasy value here? Um, I think a little bit later on in the season, I could definitely see that, but against this upcoming matchup in Seattle, I'm definitely staying away from all San Francisco players. Yeah, that, that that's a tough matchup. There's no doubt about it. But the Panthers seem to be filing on all, firing on all cylinders now. They rebounded from their week one loss. Uh, 21 targets in two games for Benjamin. Um, he seems like a, he's a stud this year. And that uh, a lot of us, you know, who worried about his TD regression missed the boat. Um, do you think this continues? Um, I'm hoping so. I had uh... – I drafted Benjamin last year in a dynasty league, and then he obviously got hurt. Um, but you look through the first two games, and basically Cam looks towards him and uh, Greg Olson first and every time. So I really don't think uh, anything changes here. Uh, I think if they go up against a good defense who can kind of cover these guys, they might have some problems. Um, but other than that, I think it's going to be Benjamin and uh, Greg Olson from here on out. Yeah, you got to look at the market share numbers for that team. It's really crazy. Um, he's getting such a, a, a huge percentage, and you just got to go by it until it changes. Um, what does that do for one of the other really guys that people were looking at um, in Devin Funches? Do you think that he finds as the season goes on that he has some value, or do you just see him struggling to make a difference, at least in the world of fantasy? I hope he does. I mean, he had a pretty good season last year. Um, a lot of people liked him, and he did well. Uh, definitely no Benjamin, unless something changes, to be honest with you. I really don't uh, really foresee him getting too much of the looks. Um, but again, who really knows? Uh, Cam Newton might have a matchup in this Vikings game where he needs to look to the other guys. So uh, I think he could get some share here. I think he's only valuable for GPPs just for that reason. Um, And personally, I think Benjamin, uh, as long as his price doesn't go too high, has to be uh, thought about for most cash games. Yeah, he's definitely got to be in consideration every week at this point. So we go on to the next game, the Texans 19, the Chiefs 12. The Texans playing the Thursday night game this week against the Patriots, who most likely will be short on Jimmy Garoppolo, while the Chiefs, as we mentioned earlier, will get the Jets. Um, You know, 
the, the big question people are asking is where was where? And to be honest with you, I have no idea. It was basically like he disappeared really here. He was a huge star in the first game and really didn't do much of uh, anything really. So I think that might change on um, this upcoming game against the Jets. I think the Chiefs offense works a little bit better when they're able to get him into the mix. Uh, only had 10 carries, but he still averaged 5.7 yards. So that's definitely something to like. And at the end of the day, it was probably just the Texans defense kind of thing. Yep. Alex Smith had a pretty pedestrian day, 186 yards, 20 of 37. Is You know, after having a, a, a big comeback the week uh, before and doing some really good things, you know, what, what do you attribute this to? Do you attribute to a regression to back to the mean with Alex Smith, or do you think the Texans' defense is one to be feared as we move forward? I definitely think the Texans' defense is one to be feared with. Um, I was very underwhelmed uh, by their first week with uh, Jay Cutler. Um, I thought they were going to do much better, but obviously they didn't. Uh, here they really showed up. They were prepared, and I, I think even though Alex Smith, he still was 20 for 37, it's not the best, uh, but my concern is just his yardage, uh, 186. It's not too great. So I think that has a little bit to do with the Texans' defense. Um, but honestly, I really don't see much in his next game against the Jets. Uh, I think their main issue is they need to get where going again, and uh, once they do that, their offense can kind of run on all cylinders. Yep. On the other side of the ball, Brock Oslider didn't have a – uh, a, a great game. We mentioned earlier the Chiefs' defense played better, but boy, he's got two weapons there in DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. Um, how do you think that kind of works out for the rest of the season? Do you think having Fuller there takes Hopkins out of being one of the top four or five guys? Uh, it might. Uh, I personally think Hopkins is a guy is once he starts getting a nice rapport with uh Brock Osweiler, he's going to get pretty much all the looks. I mean, he had the highest targets in the game, 11. Um, and then Fuller, he looked really good. He caught uh, four of the seven balls. So uh, at this point, I could really go either way with both these guys. Uh, if I have Hopkins, um, I mean, if I don't have Hopkins, I could try to trade for him because I think a lot of people are looking at Will Fuller right now and they're thinking that he's going to be the number one guy and you could probably get Hopkins at a, a little bit cheaper price you're going for a trade form. Yeah, I don't think Fuller, I think part of the reason that Fuller's been so successful is that people are so focused on stopping Hopkins. So I think them having each other in an uh, an up-tempo offense, I just expect them both to do really well. I was listening to JM to win earlier in the uh, week, and he said that, uh, you know, Fuller's going to be seven grand before too long, so play him while he's cheap. I was definitely – he was my number one owned player this last week in DFS, and um, I, I, I really think that it, it does take Nuck down a little bit, uh, but I think overall this offense is going to be much better. Uh, he's not going to get that those crazy targets that he got last year but he has the opportunity to be more efficient with the targets that he gets. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. I, I think last year Hopkins just got so many targets that it was really hard to duplicate that this year. And now with the new QB and Osweiler, I think he's really looking at uh, 
Hopkins and Fuller to uh, really uh, give them some success this year. Yep, and the Miami offense really, you know, played very well in the second half against the Patriots. Um, and the Patriots, it looks like Jimmy G probably won't play. Do you think Osweiler has a chance in this matchup, or was the second half Pat's defense playing too loose with the big lead? Um, I think the Pat's defense was just playing too loose. Uh, I think also they were trying to be a little bit safe because they knew Jimmy G um, wasn't going to come back that game, and they had to play a little bit uh, a little bit loose, and they just kind of had to slowly – slowly just finish the game out with Jacoby Reset there. So, I don't know. I think Osweiler could get his butt handed to him here. Um, since I live in New England, uh, personally, they always are talking about this defense and how this Pats defense might be the best one that Belichick's ever had. So, I don't believe that. I think the one that uh, won it a few years ago with Tlaib, um, that one was really good. So, I guess it's still up in the air. Uh, Todd, we're moving on. Are you excited? I'm always excited. I, I, I get to I, talk. As long as I get to talk, I'm a happy guy. This was a, a big disappointing game. Um, it was the Giants. They finished the game with 16 points, and the Saints only had 13. Um, I feel like a lot of people thought this would be in the high 30s, mid-30s. So uh, what, was your, what was your thoughts on this uh, defensive I, struggle? I mostly faded this game. I thought that the ownership percentage wouldn't live up. You know, everyone had it in their mind about the 50-something point game in New Orleans last year. But Drew Brees isn't the same player on the road that he is at home. Um, And with the higher ownership expected, I had some uh, Odell, had a little bit of of Shepard, I had, as you mentioned earlier, I had Fleener just because that was a Giants defense play, but I didn't have any cooks. I had a little bit of Snead, so I, I and and all in very small amounts. So it worked out kind of how I was hoping it would, um, and the fact that there was bad weather I think added to it. And um, you know I think that's something you got to do in DFS. You have to take advantage of your you know of your. Uh, of your advantages and knowing that the Meadowlands isn't the Superdome, I think played, you know, gave us a pretty good chance that what, maybe not this low, I didn't expect this low, but I didn't think it was going to be the shootout necessarily everyone else did. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you in there. That's one thing that uh, DFS players really don't think about a lot in football is the weather. Um, Typically it's all about uh, the weather and, and baseball and, in basketball, you don't have to worry about it, but definitely that's something to uh, keep an eye on going forward um, through this NFL season. What are your thoughts on uh, Odell Beckham Jr.? Do you think he's going to turn it around since he's not playing too great? Well, I, I think that, you know, he's still great. I just think that he's got two other good wide receivers with him that Eli can count on, and their offense really hasn't gotten going yet. So uh, I think some week coming up here soon, he's going to explode. So um, I I definitely think that I want to keep rostering him in DFS and playing him in fantasy. Uh, Maybe not to ridiculous levels, but he's certainly in the conversation every week. 
Yeah, absolutely. You alluded to the two uh, other wide receivers, one being Shepard, one being Victor Cruz. Quick question, without looking it up, how old is Victor Cruz? I'm going to guess 28. Oh, 29. Everyone forgets about him. Don't you uh, think after uh, Odell Beckham came on the scene? Well, you know, I'm a Giant fan, so I'll never forget what he did. He was just a breath of So I'm asking the wrong guy then. Yeah, I mean, I, I... I I kind of knew that one, and um, you know I, I I I doubted that he would ever come back and play and be effective. I I still don't know that he'll ever be near what he was in the past. But as a third wide receiver, getting four, five, six targets a game, he's been pretty efficient so far. Yeah, absolutely. If you had to choose between him and uh, Shepard, which one would you go for? Well, uh, obviously Shepard is younger, healthier. And Cruz is getting by on wiles and moves. Uh, he doesn't have right now, to me, that explosion he had early in his career that made him special in tight places. Uh, Shepard's skill set's a little bit different. He, he has, for a small guy, he has kind of almost Des Bryant-like ability to go up and come down with the ball. And, he, you know, he really made progress from week one to week two as it relates to some of the other routes he ran. So I think, he, you know, the Giants have a really bright future when it comes to wide receivers as long as they can get a running game going and their offensive line is pretty bad. So I'm not convinced that's going to happen. And speaking of the running game, kind of took a hit with Jennings hurting his thumb. Green saw a lot more uh, carries this game uh what are your thoughts going forward on this i think it's uh vereen's a very sneaky play this week he he catches balls he, you know i think the dirty little secret is that he you know the, everyone thinks of him as a third down back but when you look at him and jennings on the field vereen actually looks beefier and i think he might be a little bit better between the tackles and I own a crap load of Vereen. He, he, he was basically almost free in MFL 10s. You could get him in the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th round of drafts. He's my number one owned running back behind Lamar Miller. So uh, I'm hoping I'm right and that we're going to have a nice little Vereen week this week. Yeah, absolutely. I could see that happening here. Um, he was really utilized in, uh, when he was with New England. So hopefully that continues here. And I know you kind of talked about this already, but uh, I take it you think Drew Brees is going to turn it around this week at uh, home? Well, I mean, he's got just incredible home road splits, and they're playing a team that has given up a lot of yards so far this year. Yeah, I I think the only thing that kind of stinks is that um, it's a blessing and a curse that it's the Monday night game and that it's not uh, part of the – the main slate on either site. Uh, FanDuel got rid of the Monday night game too. I heard. Yeah, absolutely. So, and yep. I, you're going to take this one out for us. Uh, you want to talk about your tight end real quickly? Uh yeah, Fleener. I, I, you know, one of my things is that, uh, and here was the thought process behind it. You know, he, because he sucks, I expected his ownership to be low because he played so bad week one and, and it's been out there that they don't trust him. I, uh, that I thought his ownership would be low. And I talk a lot about, you know, the irresistible force and the immovable object, how a lot of times I will take 
the irresistible force because people are off them. And it worked out great for me in week one with A.J. Green. Well, in this case, sometimes if you've got suck versus suck, I'll, I'll take a chance that a guy who is not playing very well can beat a bad secondary. I still think, you know, ownership-wise and philosophically it was the right, you know, game theory was the right move. It just would happen to be one of those times that it didn't work out. But that's what GPPs are for, are for to try and take those low-floor, high-ceiling possibilities. Absolutely. And uh, suck times suck is suck squared, by the way. Oh, I, you know what? That, I'll have to write that down. So we, we move on to the next game, the Chargers 38, the Jaguars 14. Supremely disappointing for the Jaguars. I know they thought they would do uh, a, a lot more this year. Marquise Lee and Julius Thomas both had more yards than A-Rob and Alan Hearns in the passing game. A-Rob only saw five targets. TJ yelled in nine targets. Does Bortles just have too many options to pass to right now, do you think? Yeah, in my opinion, yes. Um, and going up their next game against the Ravens, who are 2-0, and their defense isn't really the same as years past, but they're still a formidable defense. I, I think it's just one of those days where you just have to kind of avoid the Jaguars um, at all costs. I know everyone was kind of on Yeldon in their rushing game um, after he was the, uh, clearly the number one with backup uh, missing this game. So, I don't know. It's just... To me, you can't really rely on any of these guys right now. Um, it's just up in the air. Well, I I, I think that um, I think that I'm definitely going to play some Bortles and Robinson this week. They're back home. Uh, the Ravens can be beat through the air. They don't have the cornerbacks. You know, Verrett's a very strong corner. Um, I I like I like the regression play back to the good for the Jaguars this week. But I don't feel the same way about T.J. Yeldon. He disappointed when he had the, you know, the opportunity to put up a big week last year. Same thing week one. I mostly avoided him in week two. It worked out for me. I can't see myself going back to that well until he shows me a little bit more. It was really good on the Chargers side, though. It was unfortunate to see Danny Woodhead go down. But it was really nice to see Melvin Gordon get 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, what do you think of Gordon's prospects moving forward? Does he move into that kind of stud for a discount uh, for a while on DFS? Or do you think that his inefficiencies that he showed us in year one are going to you know, come back and bite him when he has to do the whole job? Well, to be honest with you, the issue he had last year was that if he didn't get off to a good start, they were just going to throw Woodhead in there, and whether Rivers had a pass um, or looked for Woodhead to run, uh, it just went to him um, if Gordon couldn't get it going. So I think without a a formidable backup, uh, some guy who could take his job, I think Gordon's going to get the carries. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as involved in the passing game as Woodhead used to be, but I definitely think 20 carries – He's definitely in the realm of possibilities here going up against the Colts. Uh, it's likely to happen. Um, not too thrilled about the chances of it happening, but I definitely could see it here. I, I still want to see a little bit more from Melvin Gordon before I'm completely sold on him. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very high on him for this week. And, you know, people forget that he was dinged and, you know, coming off an injury last year. 
So um, I think he is someone who has the potential to be, you know, a six, seven thousand dollar running back in three, four weeks. So I, I definitely am going to look to roster him some this week. Um, Travis Benjamin with uh, Keenan Allen down, six targets, six catches, two touchdowns, 115 yards. Uh, he was, at one point, I had 40% ownership on him. Along with Will Fuller, he was on Al Smizzle's uh, million-dollar team. Uh, but do you think this is – a sign that he is going to be the number one receiver there, or do you still see some other scenario? Um, I think clearly I, I was only one game, but clearly Rivers really liked going to him. I, I know he had those big, uh, big catches, uh, 45 yarder. He had the two touchdowns. So I, I like him here. Um, I still think it's uh wait and see just a little bit, just because, the number one guy clearly was Keenan Allen before um, he went down, and Rivers is still searching for uh, that guy. And I think the Colts game is going to be another high-flying, uh, kind of high-scoring game. Yeah, I expect Benjamin, because of his performance, to be very high-owned this week, which will pivot me probably a little bit more to Terrell Williams. Lost in Benjamin's big day was that Williams also played well. And I think that, um, you know, even Inman and, and is in play this week for DFS because Rivers is a good enough quarterback that I think on a week-to-week basis, none of these guys is that much better than the other. I do think Benjamin's most likely week in, week out to be the number one guy, but not nearly to the level that Keenan Allen was. So um, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree with you there. And you look at Travis Benjamin, I think he's going to be in the same category as A.J. Green this upcoming week. Uh, everyone missed, A lot of people missed out on him, and everyone's trying to catch that uh, lightning in the following week. So a little hesitation. I like that call. Try to fade him. Uh, on to the next games. We've got the Patriots. They beat the Dolphins 31-24 at home. Uh, Patriots now 2-0, and face the Texans on Thursday. What are your thoughts on Jimmy G? He looked really good. Then he got hurt and New England kind of cried for a little bit, and now they got uh, that Jacoby, not Ellsbury, but uh, Brissett dude. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I mentioned to you, I think, um, either privately or on the last pod, that I'm a big Jimmy uh, Garoppolo fan. I loved him coming out. I think that he's got the quick release that's perfect for this offense, and he, boy, he just was just dominant. I mean, they were – I mean, he was just dominant early in the game. It's a shame he got hurt. Uh, Brissett, he seems to have a much longer wind-up to me, and I, I could see the Texans winning this game. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty big down, uh, a pretty big downgrade. Now, what if I told you that all of New England thinks Jimmy uh, Garoppolo is going to start this game? Well, you know, I, I just read that uh, – you know, he can't lift his arm above his shoulder at this point. So anything's possible, but I would feel better about him playing if it was a Sunday game and not a Thursday game. Absolutely. And don't forget, this is the same uh, team that has put Tom Brady on the injury report for like eight straight years. So you never know what's going on with the Patriots. No, no. Uh, Moving on to their rushing game. uh, Seemed to like Blount had a really good game, 123 yards. 
had a touchdown. What do you think? Do will game flow allow this against the Texans this upcoming week? I think that they hope he can do it and that the game is, plays out where they, I think they would love to be able to pound the ball and protect Brissett if he's playing. But if, if Brissett looks like I think he's going to look, I think they could find themselves down a couple touchdowns, and I think James White then becomes very sneaky this week. Absolutely. Moving on to the other side, we got Miami. It's kind of a down game for them um, as they went 0-2 now on the year. What are your thoughts? Devontae Parker looked like he finally came aboard, even though uh, Jarvis Landry is still the number one guy, but Parker had over 100 yards. Do you think that continues? Well, I think that they wanted to, and I think what you're starting to see here is, you know, in the second half, I think Adam Gase is going to be, um, you know, I'm a big Adam Gase guy, so therefore I, I think Parker definitely has the ability any week to do it. But I think it's too early to, you know, the, the human nature, right? One week you're a bust, the next week you're a hero, and then you go back to being a bust again. Right now he's the hero. He showed what a lot of people thought he had in him. Um, but whether he'll turn into a consistent performer, that that's still to be seen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, your favorite player, Aaron Foster, he's hurt. Uh, what are your thoughts with uh, – I never can say this guy's name right, so I'm just going to let you take it. What are your thoughts Jay about Ajayi. him? Jay I, I don't yeah, know. I J- just Jay it. Ajayi. I well, you know, I, I I had some Arian Foster shares when he was in the 18th, 19th round. I completely faded him afterwards. I mean, look, he was my favorite running back a few years ago. I just loved the way he ran, the way he played, the way he was great in the pass game and in the run game. But, um, I mean, the guy just is a soft tissue nightmare. And I'm not convinced that Jay Ajayi is going to necessarily be the guy for long. And I think a deep sleeper people should consider adding to their teams is Damian Williams. And I think there's a very decent chance that Damian Williams is the starter if Foster is out for a few weeks. I think Ajayi starts this week, but then I think it could – could definitely be a um, different story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree with you there. you got the Dolphins going up against the Browns this week. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of offense for the Dolphins. Don't you agree? Yes. I, I do think that uh, I think that uh, Tannehill is definitely straight in my crosshairs as a guy to possibly roster this week in Daily Fantasy. Oh, boy. All right, since we're way behind our schedule, we're just going to continue on. Todd, we got uh, the Seahawks. They lost. Now they're one and one, uh, facing the Rams, who are also one or face the Rams, who are also one and one. Uh, Rams won nine to three. Uh, the Seahawks' offense has been pretty dormant so far. Uh, what do you think? Do you think they'll turn it around, turn into what they had last year? Um, well, th- they started very they started very slow last year, so I expect it to turn around. Um, I do think that the Niners might just be exactly what uh, ails their uh, offense. The issue is that they have one of the lowest, if not the lowest, rated offensive lines uh, by Pro Football Focus. Uh, Russell Okung is now plying his trade in Denver. 
And that's my that's my biggest question is if that offensive line is going to be able to do anything. Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a huge thing. It's one underrated thing that no one really uh, cares about outside of people playing in the football is the offensive lines. They can really make or break an offense. Uh, continuing on that thought, Christine Michael, the running backs out playing Rawls, is that going to continue? Is this for real? And are they ever going to call Beast Mode back? Um, you know, I, I know beast mode. They had a little, uh, blurb about him coming back. I think that they, I don't see them bringing him back as long as Michael's playing as well as he is. I don't know if Rawls issue is that he's not all the way healthy yet or not, but certainly right now it looks like a two third, one third split with Christine Michael getting the two third. No, absolutely. Um, to me, it's a wait and see kind of approach. Staying on the running back, same game, different team. Uh, Todd Gurley, what has happened? Well, what happened is when you can't run, people put eight men in the box. And when you don't have a good offensive line to run block, um, you get performances like that. I I still think Gurley is going to go off. I sure hope so because I drafted him in SFB 480 uh, with the first pick. But for now, uh, it's not looking too good. Absolutely, it's just concerning because the rest of the uh, second half of last year when he came back, he was literally probably the best running back there was. So hopefully he'll turn that around. Um, Moving on, how embarrassing is it that Wentz is playing so well in golf, got a mercy second QB he probably didn't deserve? Yeah, so, um, you know, they made him the backup this week even though Sean Mannion completely outplayed him. Uh, To me, Sean Mannion right now is the best quarterback on that team, and I just don't think Jeff Fisher is smart enough to realize it. So um, that's, that's basically what I think about that. We move on to the next game, which was the Falcons and the Raiders, 35-28. Um, I had some Matt Ryan early, and then I turned it into David Carr lineups. And I think that uh, I think that Matt Ryan had a huge game. I know it's the same situation we talked about last about the running game, but no one really stood out in this past game. What do you think we do with Coleman and Freeman in season-long leagues, Nick? I think it's a wait-and-see approach. Um, one of these guys is going to break through at some point. And for DFS, you've got to stay away from both these guys. Maybe for GPPs, uh, you can sort of be okay with it. But cash games, it, it's a scary proposition right now. You never know what's going to happen. Yep, absolutely. Can we rely on this Raiders defense to give up 30 points every game, even with Marcus Mariota? The Raiders' defense was supposed to be greatly improved, but so far we haven't really been seeing it. No, absolutely. I agree with you there. I don't think the Raiders have gone up against um, some tough offenses, but they're still giving up a huge amount of points. I think their issue is just the passing completely. Um, So many issues in the passing game trying to defend it. Uh, I am a little concerned just because Mariotti, he – doesn't typically um, throw it deep too often. I know he has some weapons now, but personally I'm kind of staying away from him, even though it isn't a good matchup. It's, it's another home game. So I hope that he can turn it around against these Raiders, but it's just not likely right now. 
Yep, I agree. So uh, with 300 yards and three touchdowns, has Carr turned into a reliable fantasy option for us? I think so, yeah. I mean, he has pretty good weapons out there and Cooper and even Crabtree, so I don't really mind it here. I know this Titans defense looked pretty good last week, uh, but I'm still going to go with it. I think Carr might be a sneaky play. I think a little bit people are going to be on him. Um, than usual, but I still like him here. Yep. One last thing on the Falcons, Julio Jones, who was a target beast last year, hasn't really gotten much in the way of targets, but his ankle's been dinged. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that, you know, if he goes back to getting that kind of workload going forward. Uh, absolutely. Todd, we had another big game scoring for the Cardinals. They had 40 points over the Bucks, who just had one measly touchdown. Um, what are your thoughts? Lincoln well, you know, after a, tre- after, a tre- yep. after, after a tremendous, um, you know, a, 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 the Patriots were a tough match week one, and I think that, um, you know, pa- many people on Twitter questioned Palmer, but he played quite well. Um, I think the bigger issue with this offense is that they've got three wide receivers and they mix in Jerron Brown. I think it's very hard. It's been easy week one and two to, you know, with Fitz, but it's really hard to pick on a week to week basis who to stack with Palmer. No, absolutely. I definitely agree with you there. It's tough when you have um, this good wide receiver corp and you look at uh, David Johnson, he's even been, put in that uh, wide receiver, caught a lot of balls. Speaking of DJ, uh, is he the safest start at running back each week? I think right now he is. Um, You can argue him and D'Angelo Williams are the safest. I think C.J. Anderson is also in that discussion, but I think he's more matchup um, dependent because they don't have as much of a passing game. So in weeks where, you know, I think he's going to be facing a little bit more stacking the box than you will with DJ. And David Johnson also has such a great floor because he can catch passes. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at Palmer, and we touched on it earlier, he's been good if you look at his splits even on the road. So I don't have huge issues with him playing uh, the Bills this upcoming week. Uh, Back to the Bucks, though. What are your thoughts about uh, Winston after his good week one? Well, I mean, he had a great week one, and he played very badly this week. But he played very badly against a very good defense. And, look, I I mean, he's a young kid. I expect him to go through these changes. And I think, you you know, if you're going to play him in DFS or in season long, you have to expect these ups and downs. And you really, much like their team, you know, the way they use him, I think you got to pick your spot. Absolutely. Doug Martin hurt. Uh, what are your thoughts about Charles Sims here in this uh, matchup against the Rams? Well, I think that a lot of people are going to be on Sims. He just hasn't looked that explosive to me. He hasn't looked that good, um, but he's certainly going to get the volume this week. So the question isn't whether Sims is a good play this week. It's is, is he the best play? And that is going to be something I'm going to have to determine. And I'll have ownership of him, but it just depends, again, what I think the ownership uh, 
you know, on him in general is going to be and whether I want to be overweight, even weight, or underweight. My guess is that I would play Riddick over him. So um, I like him, but I don't love him this week. I can definitely see that. Now it's been two solid weeks for Mike Evans. Um, tough matchup here against the Rams, but do you think he's worth it here? I do. I think he's turning into one of those guys who's going to put up numbers each week. He had a good rookie year, and then he regressed a little bit in his sophomore year. He had drops. Uh, just didn't seem to have his head in the game at times. And, it, 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 you know, when he was playing bad, it seemed to get into his head. He seems to be playing with a lot of confidence right now. And I think the way that DraftKings has started to price the uh, top wide receivers so high. Um, I could see, you know, the the Jeffrey and the Evans type people bringing in nearly as much upside with a lower price point and uh, lower ownership. Absolutely, and this is a home game this week against the Rams. So hopefully, Winston can connect with Evans again. Yep, yep. So we move on to the next uh, game. It was the Broncos 34 and the Colts 20. You know, the the truth is that the Colts just aren't that good. I mean, they've got a lot of injuries, and they really haven't drafted very well. Um, you know, they're going to play the Chargers in what a lot of people are going to think is going to be a shootout. What do you expect Andrew Luck's ownership percentage to be in Week 3 coming off this mediocre performance against the Broncos? Should it be high, or will people be hesitant? Um, I'm kind of torn right now uh, what I think Luck's ownership will be. I could definitely see it being a little bit higher just because of his name value, um, even though he hasn't really performed too well. And a lot of people are going to look at uh, week two, and they're just going to be like, well, that was because he was facing the Broncos. That's why he didn't do good. Um, so I could definitely see a lot of people playing him. I personally just might be a little bit hesitant. Um, Chargers defense, though, at the end of the day, isn't that great. So I really have no issues for playing luck. But at the end of the day, I think uh, saving at QB is kind of shown to pay off um, a little bit uh, when you play DFS every time. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm kind of on the fence right now. Yep. What do you make of uh, Semyon? One touchdown, three interceptions. He shows signs at a time, at times. But, you know, he's he's a lower-rated guy coming out. Will he turn it around this week against the Bengals? Uh, he might. I think the Bengals' defense is a little bit good. But, personally, I think there are a couple other options um, in that price range I'd probably want to go against. So, I probably am just going to um, kind of fade Semien here. Uh, on to the last few games. It's been a long road, but I think we're getting there. Uh, the Packers actually lost 14, uh, and the Vikings scored 17. Um, after the first two weeks, Aaron Rodgers is the second orchestrated QB. Would you have thought that? And do you think if he will turn it around? Well, I think that, um, you know, people just – it. sometimes people's logic doesn't make sense to me. You know, Aaron Rodgers was the type of guy who just seemed to do magical things every week. And last year, he didn't. And everyone said, well, he doesn't have Jordy. He doesn't have Jordy. Well, that never stopped Aaron Rodgers in the past. 
So I came into this year with some hesitation about Rodgers. And, you know, he just hasn't been playing well. I mean, he's one of the lower-ranked QBs in the league. But, yeah, I think that he certainly can turn it around at any moment. I think Jordy's rounding into shape, and it certainly does help having Jordy Nelson on your team. That's not what I meant. Uh, I just don't think that that was the only reason why they weren't that good last year. So um, he's another guy I'll be looking at this week. I love when guys, you know, with a ton of talent, people aren't going to be looking at him because of a higher salary, and he hasn't been playing well. So I, I think Rodgers against the Lions' defense um, is certainly in play this week. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I personally am staying away from him. Um, I think it's the bachelorette curse with uh, his brother. So until he gets uh, divorced from that woman, I'm not playing Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's been dating Olivia Munn, who's a, a very attractive Hollywood actress since right around when his slump uh, started. So it could be the curse of Olivia Munn. Well, I really didn't want to get into this on this podcast, but um, I was listening to the local New England sports talk, and they were talking about, uh, what's his name? The um, Oh, man, I'm blanking. Seahawks guy, quick. Uh, Russell Wilson. Russell and Wilson saying, and, uh, yeah, he, and, and, and his new wife. Whatever. Yeah, so yeah, they're saying that, that that messed with him. So, I don't know. Maybe this is a thing. But uh, let's focus on the task at hand. Um, what are it, your it thoughts didn't, about it? It, it didn't seem to stop Tom Brady with Giselle Bunchen though. Tom Brady's a legend. But staying on this game because we're way over our time. Eddie Lacy, what are your thoughts about his performance so far? He's still too fat. I, I think he must have eaten the guy from PSX. That's the only way I can explain him being so fat again. Let's move on. Enough on him. All right. And it's not even November with pie season, but that's exactly. The point. I mean, I was waiting for it, but right now, no. Um, Stefan Diggs, he won Al Zeidenfeld a million dollars. He made me lose. Uh, in a season-long trader league where you get to trade for one of the other players' team. So I'm not too happy about Stefan Diggs. What are your thoughts next week? Um, is he a stud wide receiver? Oh, I do. I mean, he, he, just the way he runs routes. Uh, he's, my, you know, uh, he's my most owned wide receiver in MFL 10s. I've got him in season-long. Um, I really like him a lot. I had um, you know, when uh, Teddy Bridgewater went down, I got offers to trade him. I pretty much laughed and said no. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big digs guy. Uh, I don't know that this week is the week that I'm going to want to play him against the Panthers. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all over digs. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.